Oh, this is the history. Uh, I like King James said the generation of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth. Okay. He also made the heavens. Watch verse 5. Every plant of the field before it was in the earth, every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God has not caused it to rain on the earth. At this period, no rain has fallen. And why? Because there was no man to do what? Do you see one of the purposes for introducing human beings? To walk to you, the ground. The oldest profession is farming. Is farming. And I also want to use this opportunity to say this because there are some individuals who think that religion, Christianity, is what pastors fabricated. There are those who even think we, we created it so we can get money from people. It was created on the seventh day of creation, worship. Your life should be a balance between work and worship. Everyone said that. A balance between work and worship. And then the day of worship that is a holy day is from that holy day that we got holidays. Because it's not just a day to worship God. After going to worship, the rest of the days are spent to enjoy family, enjoy time, and connect with ourselves and, 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 and enjoy your fr friend. If not, what's the use of all the work, 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 work if you're not going to have time to enjoy the fruit of your labor? No time for family, no time for your wife, no time for your kids. There was no man to till the ground. So what did God do? God used mist. There went up mist. In those days, no rain. This mist will go. It watered the ground, the face of the ground. Do you know why? So that God can get mud. So he got mud and formed man out of the dust, the wet dust, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. A man became a living soul. Go to verse 15 and see what he did with that man he created. Go down, go down. And the Lord took the man, put him into the garden of Eden to do what? Okay, give me another translation of this. Dress it and keep it. Walk to walk. Agriculture. Because the gardens in heaven, this a place we all want to go, that's paradise, was planted by God. The Lord placed the man in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and guard it. And you can see that the second instruction there that has to do with protection, set boundaries. When you create a farm, you have to create protection. There are animals, there are birds. If not, they will destroy your crop. That part is where Adam violated his responsibility. So the serpent came in. When the serpent was talking with his wife, trying to deceive the woman, he should have done something about it. That's why he was given authority. Because protection was part of the mandate, not, not just cultivation. 
and when you get into wealth, you will now learn that after wealth creation, that there is now wealth management. Because wealth can be lost. And these guys lost the garden. Okay, so we have established this productivity. And then go to verse 29, Genesis 1. I want to list for you some laws now. I won't have the time to discuss them. You have created man. You've given him dominion. You've, now God now wants to solve financial problem, provision. How will you be sustained? How do you eat? See the law he introduced. Remember that this, all this is before the fall of man. Work is not part of the fall. Work was there before anything went wrong. Work is godly. Work is even part of worship. Don't just go to church and worship on Sunday. Take time and rest. Monday and six days in a week. Go back and get involved in something productive. Hello. <laughs> okay. Okay, watch. I've given you, I want you to now see. You've given us work, production, and productivity. Now he introduces another concept. And later I asked the Lord a question why? What's the connection between the two? Just watch. Watch. Verse 28, 29 is where we are now. Okay. See. Everyone says see. The word see all through the Bible means understand. Get it. Okay, say I see. I see. Do you know what that means? I'm, I get it. Yes, I understand. Okay. God says, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you, it shall be for food. Now, let's see how you Get your food. You brought me up. Where is it? Oh, thank you, sir. Come, come with me. I want everybody to be able to see. God, on day four of creation, created two kinds of seeds. He created what we call naked seeds and created packaged seeds. The ones you call fruits are packaged seeds. Where are the seeds? Cut it in half. The seeds are found right in the middle. I'm glad it's your hand. I'm going to ask you to eat it. <laughs> I hope it's washed. <laughs> okay. Now, now, let's, let's get me one of those seeds. Yeah. I know where you are. It will be very hard for you to see it. But I know you guys eat apples. So I have one of the apple seeds. These ones are packaged seeds. You create the seeds. You package it with fruits. Uh, another day we'll talk about the purpose of, you see this fruit is what markets the seeds. Everyone say branding. Then he created the other type of seeds, no packaging. 
You see what this fruit does? If a car climbs on an apple fruit, the fruit will take the heat. The seed will be protected. Protection. Everyone say protection. protection. Everyone say packaging. packaging. Unless you are a farmer, you hardly go to market buying seeds. The few type of seeds we buy too, peanuts and all that, because they are nice and we eat them after they are prepared. The principle of the seed. God said, this is how you are going to earn your sustenance. So what I've put in nature is seeds not covered and some other type of seeds that are packaged. Now, when you meet these ones that are packaged, there are also different laws there. I want you to notice, first of all, all this big stuff is for you to eat. This is the one God said to sow. Everybody look at how small it is. And yet our problem is, we eat that one and we eat this. This, inside this one, are millions of this. This is where the future is. This is the present for enjoyment. No future. I think I need to pause and say something. Anytime you see any fruit with no seed, it's not made by God. It's made by man. Whenever God builds anything, he puts a system that will keep replicating that thing. Do you know that how many human beings God created directly? One. Next time he needed a wife for Adam, instead of take, going back to the soil to make another human being, he went to that original man and pulled up. Now, in mercy, you know that in cloning a human being, the best bones for doing it is this cartridge from here, or the one from the ear. Here. There are biscuit bones. I don't know if you understand that. Eh? You know when you are eating and you jam bones, there's these bones that are very hard and all that. No, forget about that. There's these ones that are sweet. You break them down and all that. This, this one in your ear, like your ear, or any cotton here, or your ribs. So he picked out the rib and use the DNA to create a, a human being. And I made it a complementary human being to the original one as a female. Instead of going to create, since that day till here, God has eight point something, eight billion human beings on earth. He has not created another person directly. He's using that original seed to replicate, to replicate. And Keep thinking about all the millions of people that have died since creation. Yet, population is exploding. Do you know how he's been able to do it? Because he put seed inside every man and put egg inside every woman. And that principle of sowing is what is creating multiplication. Whenever you get money, oh my God, my seed has fallen. (laughs) 
It's so hard to see. Oh, oh yeah, I've seen, I've seen. It, thank God it didn't slip off. My hand caught it in between. Whenever you get money, there are two components of every earning. There is fruit for eating. There is seed for sowing. Okay, show them the principle. Isaiah 55 verse 10. God's job is to send the rain to make it produce. Your job is to plant the seed. So you see that thing called the blessing is what God rains. But the work and the planting is your own part. I have planted upon us water it. What does God do? God gives the increase. If you show nothing, there is nothing for God to bless. Zero multiplied by one million is still what? The blessing is the power of exponential to explode you. But the blessing, that multiplication factor is called the God factor, the G factor. That's why there is a balance between the spiritual and the physical. One is the G factor, the grace factor, the God factor, the multiplication factor, the blessing. The other one is work and productivity and the power of seed. You know that if America does not have rain for the next one year, you're going to have drought. Am I correct? And then animals will start dying, plants will start dying, and all kinds of problems will, will happen. We've had that in different parts of the world. That is the path God sends. And that's why he created, like I told you at the beginning, that all truths are parallel. This thing you are watching is the same principle that exists in the spiritual realm. Here is the problem. God does not ask you for the big part. This is the small part that he asks for. Yet people will not give it. You are the one that opened the apple. What's the location of the seed inside the apple? Center. Okay. Now, for as the snow, the rain comes from heaven, the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water it the earth. You see, that's what the blessing does. And makes it to bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to who? But bread to who? This is the bread. This is the fruit. This is the seed. So shall be my word that goeth forth out of my mouth. Go to New Testament, First Corinthians, where this thing is repeated, and bring it up. He said, he that giveth seed to the sower and bread to the eater. The problem is, the people that teach us, many a time, our mindset is only on consumption, not on production. He that gives seeds to the sower and bread to the eater will multiply the fruits of your right. That's when you sow the fruit is when multiplication will happen. It doesn't happen until there is planting. Now, may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for your food supply and multiply the seed. Why is it that he doesn't multiply bread? There is no multiplication in consumption. You don't know part of the challenges we're facing in Africa. Countries that are only consume what other countries produce, but they don't produce what others can consume, they are the poor countries. It's a simple thing about poverty and, 
and wealth for nations and it's the same law for individuals. If you check those Americans that are producing the products that are being consumed, the clothes you're wearing, the cars you're driving, all the things you're consuming, they are the wealthy ones. And those who are just consuming, because everybody consumes, but you sure have production, something else that other people are consuming. Because that's where your money is. Your money is not in consumption. Your money is in production. Your money is not in the fruit. Your money is in the seed. Okay, let's come back. I asked this man a question. Where's the location of this seed? I've tried so many fruits, and I noticed that it's the same thing. If you cut a mango now, the same thing. If you cut an avocado pear, the same thing. What's the location? Right in the center. So when God planted the garden, he filled the garden. Go to chapter 2 and show them. God made all kinds of trees good for food and told human beings eat. There are many. You can see fruit trees are in their hundreds and thousands. But right in the center, in the center, he put one tree and said, that one, don't eat it. Out of the ground, the Lord made every tree to grow. That is what? Pleasant to the side and good for food. The tree of life was also there in the midst of the garden. But then in that midst is what? The tree of knowledge of good and evil. The one that kills people. Okay, verse, verse 10. It said, don't eat the one. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to now see what the devil does all the time. The devil comes. He will go locate the one God said don't eat. And encourages you to eat it. That is part of the battle we are having with Titan. That part that God said is mine. God is not asking you for. He's just asking you. He said, it's the tent. Everyone said the tent. You know any benevolent employer, any benevolent company owner that will create a company, employ you, you saw how he put Adam there to till the garden and then give the, employ, the employee 90% and the owner of the company takes 10 Do you know anybody like that? No. Will you do it if you own a company? No. If you create a planet or build, build a set of real estate and you put a manager to manage, collect rent and all kinds of stuff for you, will you permit him, empower him to take 90% of the money. He should only remit back 10% every month to you. Can you do that? So what is the madness with people? Satan came, pushed them. The one God said, don't touch. He said, you can go ahead and touch it. And the moment they took what God did not give them, God took away everything he gave them. That is the same law that is precipitating causes on earth today. Look at how small it is. Why won't you return it to the ground so that it can give you more? Then you return it so you can give you more. Then you keep returning so that you can give you more. Why? What is hard about this? And this, all this is before the fall of man. 
That's why Genesis 8, after the world was destroyed, and Noah started all over again, to start again like Adam, God brought the principle back. He said in verse 22, show it to them, why this earth remains. Seed time and harvest we never cease. I don't care if you invent a new theology, invent whatever you like and preach against. When you finish, it will only bury you. It won't stop those of us that are high flyers. You are starting again, only eight people, you and your three sons and their wife. Hear it again. This is the principle I taught Adam. Seek time and have it. That is how human beings are going to make it. Now, let me tell you the, now. I asked the Lord, what's the relationship between now walk and seed? When you start walking and you are at the mercy of somebody, somebody else pays you, decides what you're worth. That's not how you create millionaires. That's not how you create wealth. What you do is that there are four levels of economic development or growth. There is not enough where people are struggling. There is just enough. People at that level, their earning can only meet their needs. They can't do big things. There is more than enough. Uh At this level, you have started prospering very well. At the level of just enough, you're only meeting needs. Your money only keeps, once it comes, the things... There is more than enough, then there is much more than enough. These are the realms of the big boys. When you are earning, over 90% of people whose life are decided by some other person, by work and earning, live in just enough. There are a few who have grown professional skills to the point that they manage the company some of these big men have created. Eh? Because they said it's just 5% of the human population that are the high flyers. 2% create their companies. Another 3% manage it for them. So they join them to eat the fat cow. Some of these ones that are managing this organization for others, managing other people's wealth, are also into the more than enough, there are a few of them that are there. Many of them are just enough. Majority of the others are not enough. So how does a person get out of here? Struggling financially. Or here where it's just to meet needs. Seed. 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 Become a farmer in the kingdom. Decide your future through the power of your seed. A man that sold, souls based on three different motives. I'll just take two so I can get into something. One, you are sowing based on the size of your vision. This is where I'm going to. And your seed is what will get you there. Another person is sowing based on the size of the problem. This is I need to come out of these issues. Your seed is what is going to get you there.
Okay. This is how. There are about 12 laws relating to these things. We won't get into it. For example, you notice, do you see how small this seed? You have to keep planting it. When the seed is small, you have to use quantity to get enough, especially those non-packaged seeds. They are called grains and herbs from rice and beans and there are a lot of them. You grow weeds. You don't go to a wheat farm and see. You just plant one, two, three, four. Hunger will kill you and kill the country. Do you know how many of that it takes to get one bag of rice? So you have to plant a lot of it. That's why the scripture teaches that he that sows sparingly, we reap sparingly. And he that sows bountifully, we reap bountifully. Most of the farms, I've been visiting a lot of farms out there in the West. The farms are huge and large. Farming is big business. You don't come there and see them and say, I sowed three times. Where is God? Where is my harvest? Is that how you feed a family and then talk about feeding nations? So I'm a sower. I'm always having seeds on assignments. It's not, it's not um, you know, but there's another type of seed. Pastor Steve, I want you to tell. I'm, I'm going to leave this with justice because there are about 12 laws related to this. There's another type. Instead of this small, small stuff you see, when you come in here, you see a big seed. Sometimes it is half the size of the fruit. Sometimes it's one third the size of the fruit. Have you ever eaten a mango before? Have you ever eaten an avocado before? Those type of seed, when you plant them, I want you to watch now. They don't need too many like the grains. You can plant 12. You can plant 8. Have you seen a coconut before? You can plant 20. But you see what happens. They will feed you for generations. They are not like this that you have to repeat like your corn every three months or every, every five months. So you notice something about those types. That's what the Bible calls sacrifice. The quantity you give is almost as big as the quantity you eat. There are even some sacrifices that, that, that like God's only begotten son that was his last. But today he has 2.5 billion Christians still growing for one harvest. Some of those things like the one Abraham did on the altar, Isaac, that gave him a nation, the nation of Israel. He wouldn't have had a nation if he did not plant Isaac. This type of giving are painful. They are not the type of comfortable giving like where I eat all this and give this. I don't, I don't feel anything because I've enjoyed. And then another thing you need to know about them is that there are seeds like this mango stuff I'm describing. They don't bring quick harvest. These ones, you know, um, corn, three months you have a harvest. Um, you know, some of them, five months you have a harvest. Sometimes there are even some that deliver harvest within weeks. When you plant those other ones, this thing finally fell. 
Thank you, sir. When you plant, you have to have patience, maybe for three years, two years, and all of that. I, I had a house somewhere, so I, I decided I like coconut. I drink coconut water. When I go to tropical islands and beach, oh, it's one of the things I look out for. I look out for where they're selling it. You see me with my straw. It's very healthy. But anyway, I wanted it in my house. So they brought me and we planted. You see the coconut and then you see the, oh my God, one year, no harvest. You don't get harvest from babies. Don't go and force your babies to get married so they can give you grandchildren. You have to allow them to grow. And you put in years. There are certain sacrifices, certain type of sowing. But when they start, the generational harvest, the effect, the returns will follow you, follow your children. David did something when he built God a house. And God said the harvest, seven things he announced that will begin to follow his generation, his lineage. You can change the trajectory of your DNA. You can change even your generation, your lineage with a sacrifice. And some of those things you will finish, go, your children are still reaping the consequences of what you did for the kingdom. Thank you, sir. Now, three, you see now, in the natural, there are laws. Let's list them. One day we'll discuss them. I will show you practically. There are laws that actually produce wealth. You know, the seven principal ones, number one, is self-development, knowledge. Wisdom is the mother of wealth. You want to build, we start with knowledge. And there are different types. For example, you can talk about professional competences in your field. Become the best. Keep going, keep taking courses to be among the best in that field. If you're a doctor, that they bring any, this particular area, you are in an oncology, oncologist, become a specialist. So professionalism is one of the rules of the game, but that is one of the truth. There's another side to the issue of knowledge when it comes to wealth. It's becoming financially literate. Oh my God, I wish I can have, I have the time. Because I need to mention these laws. Let me leave it. Just because you're a doctor doesn't mean you have financial wisdom. You might have professional wisdom and that earns you money. But there are laws about money. Just like you have laws of nature. Oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord. Okay, number two. I, I'm, I'm, Pastor Steve, look at where we are. And the people are just quiet. <laughs> Obviously, we are addressing something very important to you. Work. Earning. And the key is to keep increasing your earning power. Stay where you are. But keep increasing your earning power by increasing the level of value you invest in yourself. See, see, see if you like... I'm a doctor. I'm just here employed by this hospital. While I'm working for you, I'm taking on new courses, new whatever, because the way you go up is by increasing your own value. Learn to invest in your own self, in your own growth. 
So, but earning, earning, you need to get a job. And start earning. And there's a number of principles there I can't get into. Number three, savings. When you earn money, and then you spend it, you pay landlord, pay hospital, be pay all the different things. You're left with nothing. So when you earn money, the first law is remove God's part and make God first. He's the landlord, though. He's the one that owns both you, your skills, your bread, your life, even the earth where you are. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. The people, the world and the people that dwell in it. He's the one that owns it. So, you pay God his part. It's called giving. Then you go to the next one, pay yourself. That's what it's called savings. If you don't have a saving culture, you are just walking and feeding the beds. You walk to settle the doctor, to settle mortgage, to settle. When you finish, you settle everybody. You leave the man that earned the money with nothing. Pay yourself. This percentage is put aside. Then, the purpose of saving is to accumulate capital. It's not just to put money in the bank. So, you move into the next one called investing. There's something called the power of compound interest. How to get your money to work for you. I am heavily invested. The next one is enterprise. Let me make two statements here. Ladies and gentlemen, I know you've been working for other people any money. Please, start thinking about starting a business. And I'm going to give you an advice because I learned wealth from the Jews. There are four people group. Okay, let's mention three on earth. Anywhere you see them, go and observe and study what they are doing. The Jews, the Indians, and the Chinese. A British man published a book about where the wealth of the world is. And in that book, they included one group of people that are from Africa, the Igbos of Africa. The book was written by a white man. They came from Harvard. They had to come and study because they have something from the Jews that are also practiced there, they are the wealthiest group in the whole of Africa. Actually, South Sahara Africa. And the wealth spreads. Enterprise. Everyone say enterprise. enterprise. I don't care what you're owning, what they are paying you, whatever. Start your own business. We have an organization here in the U.S., where you have, you know, gathering of professionals. They work in Microsoft, they work for banks, they work in all companies and all of that. They've had some of the highest earnings. So many of them are African professionals who came here in the 70s and 80s. They have studied, they, they've come out well. Now many of them are now aging. And crises are setting in. They use the power of professionalism, which is very powerful. You will make a lot of money. 
with that. But nothing created to create transgenerational wealth. Like the Chinese, the Jews, they own, they own, they own, they own, they own, they own the companies, the systems of production. They've learned what the whites do. Of course, they've learned what the Jews were the original guys. God told them you will be the head and not the tail. You will be the one lending to nations and not the one borrowing. So the Jews invented banking. The second thing is enterprise. You have to come up with an innovation. A problem that is not being solved. If it's not a problem that you have in your nation, you think about the problems of the world. Come out with something and create a business around it. Ladies and gentlemen, especially these last days with what is coming on the earth, Ah, I can't talk about that. No. There are certain things that are being engineered to control enslaved people. And it's money that will be the issue. It's money. You can't buy or sell till you are forced to take a man. You have to own your... And this is another thing. You don't have to always own it all. There's a principle called partnership. Everyone say partnership. Everyone say Community. One Jewish person come here. Before you know it, they've bought up the whole street. He rents a room in your house. Before you know it, they've bought the property from you. You see him bringing his brother. Next thing, a Chinese man comes in. This Next thing, you see a, a community of Chinese. Next thing, an Indian man comes. Next thing, you see a community of India. Next thing, they've bought the streets. So it's not just about being the owner. It is better to own the leg of an elephant than to own the whole of a chicken. <laughs> you want to be the only owner or your company is a chicken company. <laughs> but with partnership, three of us coming together, five of us coming together, we put our resources together, we can grow an elephant company. It is better to own a part of something big than to own it all, and it's very small. Hello. Beyond that, partnership solves all problems. Because I might not have capital, but Chadley has the capital. But I have the professional skill to grow the capital into a huge world. He doesn't have it. That's why Joseph came out of prison. Pharaoh has all the money, but Pharaoh does not know how to, what to do with this country. Joseph was in prison and has the wisdom. So the man that has the capital united, partner with the one that has the wisdom and made him prime minister and they created the greatest nation of that time. Partnership solves all problems because what it does is that my deficiency is where your strength is. But where your deficiency is, deficiency is, might be where my strength is. So we bring it together and we create strength on another level, an exponential power. Is somebody hearing what? Yeah. I want to ask the question, why is it hard for us who are blacks to cooperate? Why is it hard for us to create common world that is big enough to? If we even try to come together, we will be the ones that kill each other, shoot each other down, destroy each other. And, 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 and my brothers and sisters who are from Africa that are here, why is it that when you guys, the divorce is bad enough because you're working against partnership. 
But when you now want to divorce, you fight dirty. You want to bring your husband down. You want to bring your wife down. You want to destroy the person. If it is a must that you have to go, why don't you part well? And in some cases, there are children between you guys. And yet, you want to send the man to jail. Where did we get this kind of heart? Abraham was to part with Lot. He said, we are brothers. Let's not fight. You go this way. Me, I will go this way. I see Dominion City owning streets here. And some streets, it will be lined with businesses on both sides. I see Dominion City owning some other streets. It's real estate. We, we come up and say, this street, we are buying it up. We start small. Four people come in. Before you know, we have bought some more. We are bringing in more bread. And it's time to build kingdom communities, kingdom businesses. It is time to establish dominion of God on the earth. Can I hear you say amen? Yeah. 